song is there by Chris Isaac? Yeah, I I'll give you $15 right now if you can name me another Chris Isaac too. I want to meet someone who's like, yeah, that's a pretty good, Wicked Games a good song, but you really got to get into the rest of that album. Have you, you know? heard the Wicked Games B-side? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. No, nobody's heard that. Oh, okay, we're hot. We're hot. We're, going, we're, we're back on the Go Parade, the Go Parade 2.0, Go Parade 2020. Wow. Whatever you want to call it. The year of our Lord. <laughs> God, I hope not. So far. <laughs> But uh, it's good to be back. I'm the host, Cameron Demetric, and my, now I have the co-host, Al Moore. Al Moore's here. Can you say your last name one more time? Demetric. Oh, Demetric. D-M-Y-T-R-Y-K. Like is your Demetric MC- system. Is that going to be your MC name? Because <laughs> I think you're going to have to drop some yeah, fucking Yeah, me, me and my wife have DJed under the Demetric system. It was, it was our wedding hashtag. Really? Demetric system. Unless you actually know how to say my last name, it looked like Jarvis. I it wasn't like invited to your wedding. So well, I didn't know you that well then. Are you going mean, to you you do this on you, my podcast? You knew <laughs> of me. We've been friends for years. I feel like we've been waiting to do this. I was this like, you know that guy time. that I kind of like? Can he come to the wedding? That's just and not your how it wife said no. no you kind even... of like a lot of people, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you were there. Me too. Yeah. I'm sure it was a great time. Congratulations, by Thank the you. way. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Even though that was... Last time, yeah, last time I, did, I was doing the podcast, I was engaged. Uh, so it's been that long since, we've, since I've done this. How long has it been? Since the end of 2015. You were, you were there at the end of it. You did a couple. You were on two, I believe. I just won. Just won? Yeah, but those were hazy memories. Right. I uh, remember you talking to Taylor Brown close up on the mic for quite a while, a very time. personally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, was he there, or was no. they just talking no, to you? No, were, you were at his roommate at the time, and I believe you were mad about the uh, level he'd play Rat-A-Tat at in the morning. All the time, right. Rat-A-Tat. And not even like the old good albums. It no. Was like LP4 like, or Yeah, five. new Rat-A-Tat, which basically... <laughs> which, you know, Rat-A-Tat, they change all the time. Yeah. Uh, From album to album, it's a totally it's different a completely animal. completely different sound. <laughs> Never heard anything as trailblazing as the continuous repertoire of Rat-A-Tat yeah. and their records. They don't even bother naming their albums. No, they don't. They're and they saying. don't even bother, like, they sample their older records on their newer records. Well, they were better records. That's true. That's oh. very true. Wait, wait, I didn't come in here to talk trash on no, no. that. This, this actually, feels wrong. We have a rule. We were discussing this last we're week. We're not going to burn a bunch of people. We're not going to burn a bunch, bunch of bands. people or, or friends. Well, like we, we, we've immediately abandoned that. Yeah. We made that, fun that, of Taylor that. Brown and Ratatat. <laughs> Taylor Brown, if you're listening, we're sorry. He's the only one listening so far. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you talk about the podcast a little bit, Cam, yeah. as, uh, as, the, as the grandfather? I of, mean, at the end of 2015, I was done with it. Um, it was fun, but I wanted it to be music-based, and it felt like it was getting away from that. So I'd, With uh, all the boozing and the hard drug use. There was a lot of boozing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was getting pretty sloppy, structurally. Um, so I wanted to get it back with, with you, and we could actually talk some music, talk local music, bring in local guests, do some interviews with people, you know, do some lists. I felt like you would be a good... I, I already saw from the exchange we've had of different list topics. It's going to be quite, quite a 
adventure going through I'm that. I'm really looking forward to today's list, too, as well. Yeah, I, I've, I picked a pretty random one to start with. Let's so jump like, into tunes. Let's jump into some tunes. The, the, the people that are here, they want to they, they they know hear some music. us. Yeah. I feel like we should bear ourselves a little yeah. bit in our tune selections. Yeah, and I, I it was tough because it is the end of January. And, new, and no new, one's releasing Yeah, music no, right I mean, it's, it's, that's the toughest time to release music, I feel like, especially if you're trying to get on any sort of year-end chart. By the year-end, everybody's forgotten about yeah, every January no, you, release. You've I, got 14 minutes and 59 seconds <laughs> of a release, and then you're done. I believe yeah. that was the title of a Sugar Ray album, too. Uh, their second album, I believe, yeah. yeah 14, the one with Every Morning, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I still I remember, remember that, that record cover. I remember that video. I remember everything about that. Every Morning was so good. Shut you know, the door, for, Cameron. For don't like, say a word. <laughs> Like, I gotta say, for like a '90s kind of one-hit wonder, I guess they're a two-hit wonder. They were like a seven-hit wonder. Dude. No, it was just I want to fly okay. every morning. I want to fly like every morning. Yeah, well, that's what you. I want to fly remix right. every morning. There remix. There's an Abracadabra song in there somewhere. I think maybe it was a, a Steve, cover. A Steve Miller band. I think it might have been a Steve Miller band cover. No of way. Abracadabra. I think tell- that's on 1459. No, it's not. You're telling me that Sugar there's Ray covered my- Abracadabra by Steve Miller. Maybe band. it's called Abracadabra. I can't there is remember. No, no, there's only one song named. If anybody's Abracadabra. listening out there, they have to confirm this. Uh, next episode. <laughs> Side B of Goat Parade. Yeah, actually, let's get into that. How yeah. is this going to work? Right, uh, twice bi-monthly. We're going to do this. Side A, side B. That's how I'm. That's how we're looking at it. So this is side A. Today, so this is right? side A. You know, we each choose a tune each time, and I'll choose a list on side A. You'll choose a list side B, and uh, hopefully, everyone we have interviews with someone, and then uh, we'll, we're even going to highlight gear. Wow. Each, each podcast. So it is this. Can, I mean, I've worked at a guitar center for a lot of oh, my life. That's why is I this chose my it. moment to shine? <laughs> yeah. Do I get to sell you on something you don't Please need? don't sell me on anything. <laughs> I went in for picks when I first moved to L.A., and I came out with a Telecaster. Yeah, no, that's how it happens. That's what we were trained to do. Like, hey, you're going to buy this it might have been you. five-foot cable? <laughs> you're going to need a 75-foot cable. I mean, you're <laughs> rocking big stages, right? You're 11? You got to get into this. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, uh, where are the picks? And he's like, well, you know, you can get They're just right picks, over by the $2,000 Stratocaster. <laughs> but if you apply for a Guitar Center credit card, I'm like, I don't want to do it. They're like, you don't <laughs> have to pay anything for a year. And I'm like, in a year, I'll be rich. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about it. And he's like, I don't even think he did anything. He's like, you're approved for a thousand bucks. Pick out your guitar. There you go, kid. <laughs> you made it. Welcome to Los Angeles. It was like the closest I got to being signed, I think. Isn't was. it? Yeah, no. When you walk into a Guitar Center, you're always looking for a record deal. That's it. I mean, we're Hey, where's your record deal section? And uh, I had talked to you, but I just went to NAM. NAM well, 2020. World's, the the w- world's largest guitar center. Oh, that's yeah. an understatement, especially now. Yeah. It's, I went like four years ago, and it was kind of fun. You know, it It's was, always fun your first time. Yeah, and, and it was a little bit more sparse. Yeah. It's like, now it's like, it was crazy. There was a huge main stage outside. It was so crowded. Basically, now it's like Coachella, if all the artists didn't show up, but their gear was there, and they're like, do whatever the fuck you want with it, everybody. That actually sounds better than a lot of Coachella's lineups. Some of it was. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's about two hours of enjoying yourself and like playing with keyboards and stuff you've never seen, new stuff. And then you always walk by that drum section. Oh, yeah. My favorite. And then the headache starts to see. I mean, Mm -hmm. these people are all earnestly playing drums. Yeah. No, at the same Same time. time. Yeah. Horrifying. It basically just sounds like a Foo Fighters record. Nam just sounds like Foo Fighters' new record. It does. It sounds like Foo Fighters are playing somewhere at all times in different corners. (laughs) But then there's also the shitty 
networking aspect. Oh of man, NAM, that's the worst. Which is the worst because you get dudes in bowling shirts oh, with like flames. And it's like embossed. the one time a year they get to still act like they rock, you know? Right. Oh yeah. And like, they're in bands like social dad distortion when they're all just like yeah. plugging in and oh, the buddies. I saw garage. like the dads with like the leather jackets on. Like at their stand where they're selling some custom-made crap nobody wants. Hey, man, I did coke with Kenny Rogers once. You want to hear about that? It's like, no, Dave, I don't. You know who, for some reason, I always associate, what musician I always associate with those type of older Nam people that are like talking about the past and always have a story. I remember when. Yeah. Is Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell. I don't even know yeah. who Glenn Campbell is, but they always talk yeah. about Glenn Campbell. Oh, man, I fucked Glenn Campbell's <laughs> wife three times in front of him for a week one night. It's like, dude, get <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry about the NAM experience. I'm glad you went again, and I'm glad you got to, to network. Hey, the, the piece of gear we're going to be talking about later, I did play with at NAM. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. And so, what's the piece of gear, just so the people know? And it's the Walrus stuck? Audio Fathom pedal. Wow, I can't wait. It is a multifunction reverb. Oh, I'm going to sell it to you as a Guitar Center employee, even though you Oh, good. It. Yeah, when we get there, I would love that, because I want to see exactly how you did it. You know I'm going to sell you know I'm gonna sell you the warranty coverage on it, too, because, <laughs> hey, man, you gig, right? You drink a lot, right? You're going to spill a beer on this, bro. You're going to need the performance <laughs> guarantee. Wow, you really sell like this, you put you paint the picture of you already being on stage as a as a guitar center employee. I'm currently so. unemployed, so if anyone's listening to this from Guitar Center, I would love my job back. <laughs> I don't think they have uh, storefronts anymore. It's just all retail guys selling you stuff. It's like, just it, like there. I've gone into the Guitar Center recently, and there's just packages to be shipped out from Amazon, <laughs> stacked everywhere. And when you go in, they're like, what? <laughs> we got shit to send out. Hey, dude, if you're looking for whatever it is that you need, we've got the all you fucking need to online. rock over there starter pack. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> uh, let's get into the, the tunes. Cool. Why don't you go first? Okay. Let's, let's get hot. I had, I had actually had two songs that I was fighting between. Um, the song I did not choose is 070 Shake Guilty Conscience, which is a upcoming pop phenomenon. I, think. I listened to it when you sent it to yeah, me. Yeah, it was it was groovy. It it is. It's uh, she's awesome. She was on um, that really bad Kanye album, Yee or Yay. I don't know why am I trying to talk to what, people what? about the Montana <laughs> Kanye. What album? accent was over the E on that record? I don't remember. I didn't listen to it much because it was mostly bad. But yeah. there was one good song on it, Ghost Town, and she did the hook, and so like. That was the only buzzing star on that one, which at least there was one. Something happened from that album. Uh, but she just dropped her debut album, and it's, it's, it's pretty varied, but that's definitely like the pop hit, I feel like. I don't know. We'll see. You're a sucker for pop hits. I dude. am. You really I love are. them. And this other one's pretty pop, too, the one I'm going to play. It's Porches. I love Porches. Yeah, that was a great tune. I don't know if you're familiar with Porches, but uh, the project of Aaron Main, he's a... Uh, Try not to like be mean to Artie. He looks like a villain. <laughs> he looks like uh, what kind of villain? I know like, we don't have to be mean. This isn't mean. This is just an accurate. He, just, he does look like a villain though. Um, he looks like kind of like Bond villain. Exactly okay. like Jaws, but like hot and hipster. That's exactly a what he looks hot like. hipster Jaws. Absolutely, that's perfect. That's the exact way to describe how he looks. What is that? Whoa! Does, does he have a grill to like signify Jaws? I mean, he's definitely got teeth. a very long like face going and like. Like a horse face, like a Celine Dion. 
I, we're not being made. That, that was just an <laughs> like accurate Celine, description. You no, can't judge exactly. We're not being mean. We're just no, accurately describing people. There's no Celine Dion fans right. listening <laughs> to this podcast right now. And if you are, I just am people so just sorry. logging off. Just, <laughs> like, oh no, <laughs> we just lost a hundred thousand listeners because <laughs> mostly of that Canadian, Celine. most all <laughs> Canadian, including <laughs> Alex Trebek. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Did you? By the way, did you? Speaking of that, did you watch Jeopardy? The goat. No, it was the greatest of all time. They they had the three. It was uh, three. Conti- I can't believe I watched this. I watched this all night. I'm a huge Jeopardy guy, and Massive it was Jeopardy the guy. three biggest. Like the guy who's won the most money overall in Jeopardy. Ken Ken R- Richard did something it. like Ken Johnson or Cheater. something. Like that. He cheated, dude. He can't know all that shit. Uh, no one knows all that shit. The guy who has won the most money in one episode, and the guy who's won the most money or had the longest standing run where he won time after time. Was it insane? Did it just look like a battle royale I mean, one dude of kinda Ivy League college? Kind of swoop, swooped it. I mean, there was really two contestants. The third one, he just was having he was hitting all the wrong daily doubles. It was rough. Yeah. It was hard to watch because you're like, you're supposed to be really good. You yeah. Know? No. I want this to go to game seven, but it didn't. You know, It was done in four. When one asshole gets both of the daily doubles in double jeopardy and misses them both, that feels like the equivalent of losing your first child, your uh, firstborn child. Yeah. And, and like when they go in the negative, I'm like, shit, do they have to, do they have to fucking pay that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that was a Simpsons joke. Like Marge was on, was on Jeopardy and she was in the negative and they're like, they had to pay you understood back. it. She like ran <laughs> off and her Trebek's goons were like, she ain't getting the home version. Huh, that sounds like how a lot of record record labels operate right, these yeah. days. Yeah. Like a well, I mean, does that just mean we're bad Jeopardy players? As we're musicians? bad. Yeah, in music, in in the local scene, you yeah. and I are. Just... Although it was funny, speaking of music and Kanye, on that goat, they he had one question in music that was like, uh, his album last year contained songs "Follow God" and "On God" or whatever. And someone said, "No, no," but they just silence. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, "Kanye West." And the three of them looked at each other like, "What, what? happened? Like what? God stuff?" <laughs> it's like they weren't even out of the loop for that long. Wow. <laughs> you know, they could have heard the last one. Well, they were shocking. all white, apparently. Yeah, yeah right? oh, very white. But also, no, like non Christians. I'm. I'm I feel like even like know. some some religious really, sects are getting into to Kanye West because of his Sunday services and whatnot. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's getting like evangelist, like right wing evangelist talkers all into him. So basically, my entire I've family checked out. in Tennessee. Right. Yeah. yeah, you'll go back and, and just everyone's a Kanye fan all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, before we play this portrait song, let's get a bit of your <laughs> background. Um, born uh, born and raised Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, father was a country musician, so my mother left him, obviously. Um, that's Nashville 101. That's Nashville 101. That's growing up in Nashville 101. I, uh, I'm a bass player and a songwriter, mm-hmm. and um, I couldn't be more of a failure, both in the eyes of my family and in the eyes of my respected peers. <laughs> so I guess that's a good play. I mean, that sums it up right yeah. there, right? I've already said that I've been a guitar center employee for most right. of my life. I mostly was asking about your DUI. Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> just right. Uh, just to let everyone out there know, almost three years ago to the day, I was back home in Nashville. I drank a fifth, and I hit a cop car on my way home. So <laughs> I no longer drink, which is really fun for me. Is a cop in there? He was in the car. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. Was he all right? Yeah, he was great. I mean, he got banged up a little bit, (laughs) Um, which 
was really did hard. Did he exaggerate it? Like when he went to trial, was no, he like there he in a neck do brace? whiplash <laughs> because it's cowboy country. Right. Yeah, I mean, you could fall off a ten-story building and like crawl to a Burger King and be like, "I'll take two chicken sandwiches. <laughs> I'm fine." You know, like no one wants to admit any right. physical pain in the South. Oh wow! Um, Conveniently, here you get like bumped, you know, and you get sued. Oh yeah, no, even just the way you're looking at me right now, I want to start moving my neck awkwardly, like I I just got whiplash. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really fun. Thanks for bringing that up, Cameron. I'm, I really love talking about it. Um, but uh, the, the cop and I are actually pen pals now. Oh, nice. Yeah. It, Cause it was hard in jail. Like I was getting the shit kicked out of me oh. by the guards because I hit a cop, right. but I also got street cred from the other inmates because I hit a cop. So I was like popular amongst the local pop, but uh, very unpopular when it came to the staffing wow. at the jail that I was in. I got, I'm sorry that I brought that up. Yeah, thanks, dude, because <laughs> now the entire podcast, the entire side A, is going to be dedicated to me hiding from my shame. So let's jump <laughs> into this Porches tune that you picked. Describe uh, it a little bit. Uh, it's, it's called Do You Wanna? It's, um, it's about dancing, I guess, oh, or something. Cool. You make me want to be the one. Yeah. No, it's There's not There's a lot one. of uh, odd percussion in this song i heard a lot of cowbell there's a there's There's an aggressive amount of cowbell (laughs) but uh i find it quirky it's kind of a good song it's still early in the year i don't have anything great yeah neither do i i mean the the, it's good it's passable uh, it's mostly about us let's fucking jam (laughs) let's let's jam it this is uh porches do you wanna then i sing my last song at triple play do you want it
Porches, do you wanna? That felt nice. Yeah, that felt really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's mellow and intriguing to the point where it doesn't get boring. Yeah, know? and that's kind of hard to do with tunes sometimes. Like lyrically, when you have a hook like that, as you know, like that's so kind of maybe commonplace. Like, do you want to dance? Right. Um, like to evoke a mood around that and have it be so fresh and new is like really hard to do as a I lyricist agree, yeah. and a vocalist and as an arranger and a songwriter. I mean, yeah, it's such a simple lyric. So, I mean, it's, it's a fifties lyric, you know, it's yeah. like, um, it's, I mean, I've heard the Ramones say that. Like, How many times <laughs> have you heard that in a tune and how fresh did that feel? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it does have a lot to do with the percussion and the production. Um, I know that song is, or the album that's coming out called Ricky Music uh, is co-produced by uh, Jacob Portrait, uh, who is an engineer I'm a fan of. He he did uh, the last Sandy Alex G album. Oh, that cool. came out last year, House of Sugar. Very popular record. And he he's the bass player in Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's um, really come into his I own as a producer. I scared him once. Yeah, me um, too. Several times. Yes. Uh, <laughs> does he live in L.A.? No, he's he's poor. He was Portland. I think he's New York based now. Um, but I, I know his cousin. Nicole, I went to college with her really, so I know her really well. So I've been to some family events of hers. Oh wow! Where he's there, and I think yeah, every time I've just scared the hell out of him. Yeah, um, came on too strong. Yeah, no, me too. Because he's <laughs> such a great bass player. Yeah, he really—he's a great musician. What great he does producer. on the the orchestra records is is just insane. Yeah. Um, I was in a band that played Coachella once, and Unknown Mortal Orchestra was playing yeah. that year, and our trailers were right next to oh, each nice. other. And this was well before I hit a cop in cowboy country, <laughs> so I was draining free warm Heinekens in oh, the artist God. area. Nothing like the warm Heinekens at Coachella. And they were my they favorite. They don't go down smooth. No, no, not at Just all. Just bubbles. No, all bubbles, and I, I mean, it, it tastes like your Pick grandmother's urine. Pick a lighter beer. Like, it's have 100 you ever degrees. tasted grandma's <laughs> urine? It tastes a lot like Heineken. Um, um, but every time I saw him, they were my favorite act to see both weekends. And every time I saw him, I, was, I, I didn't know what to say. So I'd get really excited and be like, you're, you're fucking great, man. <laughs> and um, that completely ruined any chance to be that dude's friend. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I feel definitely. like I do that with a lot of people, which is why you probably didn't invite me to your wedding. Oh, just my to God. Circle back I knew to this that. Was coming back. It's always going to come back to that. Every you, episode, I'm going to hear about. You just outed me for well, being a felon. Okay. On well, our first, I episode. at least owe you <laughs> an invite to uh, when we renew our your vows. vows. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It'll just be you. I, I will be your minister. I am ordained by the. Like somebody know. else will try to come in, you'll be like, "Get the hell out!" <laughs> this is a private show, <laughs> asshole. Uh, yeah, first time I scared uh, Jacob Portrait. Was uh, when we played with them. Ivana Prosta played with them years nice. ago, and I think we were just annoying to them. Yeah. We were annoying. Them. We the were... first time I saw Ivana Prosta, you guys were pretty annoying. Yeah, we um, thought we were just so cool. So cool. Everyone had long hair. You were all devastatingly handsome. Yeah. Your singer 
was just really wailing. I, know, I was like, washing my hair with mane and tail and just wow. living the dream. Dr- <laughs> we all had such long, luxurious mm-hmm. hair. You did. I mean, you still do. Right. Well, yeah. you, you guys all still look great. You've aged very well, pretty yeah. gracefully. But I remember seeing you guys and thinking, fuck, this band's kind of good, but damn, they all look like they suck <laughs> as people. Yeah, we did. And I was right. I yeah. was absolutely right. Yeah, and I feel like um, they picked up on that. Yeah. Especially. And then the second time uh, was his cousin Nicole's uh, wedding in Vegas. Oh, wow. Which me and Sam went to, and I drank the whole time. <laughs> well, and I was trying to talk to him when I was about, had like a little, little just a couple sips left in my yard. Yeah. You know, oh, the old wow. Yard stick. Was, it, uh, was it the Eiffel Tower from the Paris Hotel? No, it was, it was just the year average. I was just grabbing whatever yard. They were whatever, selling. Yeah, yeah, whatever they had. I don't even know what's in that. It's Dealer's like a, choice. T- a margarita thing. <laughs> right. It's, it's probably like, just triple Dude, set. it's a slushy. It's yeah. just like a childhood slushy. And I'm just like, how you guys spit? How's the band? And he's How's like, the band? He's just like, dude, I don't want to talk to you. I love it. He I'm called sure. me Spicoli or, or wow. the whole weekend. I think that's the character. That Can you imagine of. being in a really successful band and having people not know what to say to you? So they say, so how's the band, bro? <laughs> It's like, the band's fucking great. Like, what do you, what do you want I mean, from me? We're still working. We all hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Porches. I'm looking forward that to that. Album. And um, good call about the 50s line, too. Like, yeah, do you want to dance? Yeah. Like, very 50s. But he doesn't seem, what I, what I uh, get into the villain thing, he doesn't seem sincere. There's something he too seems, cool for school about him. He seems very self-aware in a comedic fashion. But that's kind of always his, he, he has that, he comes off as, like, not terribly sincere. Right. And which is something cool. you can't be too sincere. Yeah, um, I which, think he walks that walks that line well. He does, mind. and like the '50s thing too. Like thinking about those lines that were big in doo-wop. Did you ever notice like a lot of '50s music is really creepy? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a girl watcher. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the, like a lot of tunes. Well, like yeah, in, I think we're finally seeing all of that. Even yeah. Even up to the '90s, had it too. Oh yeah, I mean the '90s lyrics. Like, what was that Matchbox Twenty song? Uh, which one? I wanna push you away. Did we ever get to the bottom of that? If it was domestic violence or <laughs> yeah. not? I mean, even someone... when it came out, everybody was like, "Well, I don't know." Sure, it's catchy though. And yeah, hey, this is great. Like, I don't necessarily condone. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, we should get to the bottom of that. Also, if I was a porn star, my name might be. Throb Thomas. Oh my God, How that's good, good. That, dude. That's Holy hot. Crap. You I'm actually to, throbbing. You might have to pivot. I'm throbbing. <laughs> I'm throbbing. Just thinking about <laughs> it. Right. Let's talk. Let's talk your tune. What do you got? Uh, my tune's kind of weird. So this okay, guy cool. Dan Reader, I, he's well into the later years of his life. Yeah, I looked into it. He, he seems like an old old timey folk Super musician. Super strange. Um, I was in rehab at the age of 17, and huh? we're not going to get into it, motherfucker. Right. I'm okay? sorry. I'm not, I'm, I'm just I'm not like, going to cross that line I'm again. Setting, I'm setting the, the, the scene here. I just um, wanted to shock you once. Uh, you can shock me anytime. We're shock jocks. Hey, we're fucking shock jocks <laughs> now. <laughs> um, so I was in rehab at 17, and one of the counselors was like, hey, you know, I was having a rough day, and he's like, hey, listen to this record. It was by this old dude named Dan Reeder who makes all his own instruments. Never, he was always flying under the radar. I think he married like a hot Swedish model who was incredibly rich and just started writing music. Yeah. Um, and that was forever ago. And he's still recording music. And I still listen to that record that I heard in rehab like once a week. He's just so dry. What's that record called? It's called Sweetheart. Sweetheart. Um, and it's got songs about cowboys jacking off. 
and drinking beer to save the whales and <laughs> how Bach is dead. Like, there's just a bunch. He's just, as a lyricist, as you're about to hear in the song, um, he's so not too sincere, as we were right. talking about the gentleman from Portugal. But not so, absurd. not totally up his own ass like Mark Kozal. No, exactly. Right. He's like, he straddles this line of being funny enough to evoke an emotional truth that is sometimes kind of hard to approach. Yeah. Um, and this song's called Stay Down, Man. And it's about, it's obviously about, as a storyteller, you can hear it's pretty, it's pretty evident that it's about him going to a bar with his friend, his friend mm -hmm. getting really fucking drunk, picking a fight with a guy, losing the fight, and wanting to get back up to continue the fight, um, which is like an everyday occurrence, right? right totally. But to do to take something like that and turn it into a story, like almost like a children's tale, like he kind of sounds like some of Shel Silverstein's oh, right. music, um, just very like. Uh, rhythmic in his approach to telling really silly stories. Also, his he layers, as you're about to hear, he layers his main vocal with like harmonies of himself. That sounds like a D'Angelo track, and I'm obsessed with that. Oh, nice. You know, like um, so as like an old white dude writing these weird folk songs that are anywhere between a minute thirty to five minutes yeah. about absolutely nothing and everything at the same time. I'm totally crazy about it. And this song came out last month, had no idea. I was pooping the other day, obviously on my phone. Right. Uh, checked my band's Spotify numbers, which are always so low. Yeah. Um, but then I saw that, that Dan, yeah, that game's great, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but then uh, found that Dan Reader released right. a new song. And so I'm very So it wasn't a horrible it. poop. It wasn't, no, it was actually a great poop. Yeah. Um, and I like torturing myself with how few people care about me. Oh, That's yeah. Why, yeah. All right, let's get into this tune. What's, uh, what's it called? It's called Stay Down Man by Dan Reeder. Nightclub parking lot south of L.A. The end of a long night at the end of a long day. Warm wind blows and the palm trees sway. You've had that shitty look on your face all day I should've known this night would end this way Stay down, man If you get up again, they'll probably kill you Stay where you are I'll go get the car and we can go But I swear to God I'll leave you here to die If you say one more word Nightclub parking lot south of L.A. The end of a long night at the end of a long day. Warm wind blows and the palm trees sway. Somebody called it in, the cops are on the way. I should have known this night would end this way. Stay down, man. Get up again, he'll probably kill you Stay where you are I'll go get the car and we can go But I swear to God I'll leave you here to die If you say one more word to that guy If you say one more word to that guy If you say one more word to that guy I 
was fun. That was fun for the whole family, I think. Beautiful. Although there was an, an expletive in there somewhere. Oh, my great. gosh. Isn't that the best when um, older musicians who are still releasing music cuss? Oh, yeah. Songs? It feels Definitely. good. It feels validated. Like when you're yeah. younger, when you're like, I don't know, six, seven, eight, and you're waiting for your first opportunity to, to say fuck or shit or bitch. Um, and then you hear your parents say it for the first time, and you're like, oh, that's the green light. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I'm actually trying personally in uh, my songwriting right now to not swear, Yeah, which I've never done. I've never censored my... And I love... I mean, I've had a lot of lyrics that are mostly swear, like a sentence of swear words. Absolutely. I've heard but, a couple of those songs. <laughs> There's some... Yeah, I have quite a few, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying not to. Although I love, I love the word fuck in a song. I just because, love it. Because because of how part punchy of my, it is. It, Fuck. Yeah, it's part of part of like growing up. Like I I feel like some people are influenced by certain records or certain artists and I feel like I'm very much influenced by the fuck said in the song Damn yeah. It by Blink-182. Oh yeah, absolutely. You wait for the, that's that's one of the best You know what? We got to do that for one of our lists. Best fuck. Best in fuck song. songs. I feel like the fucking Damn It is almost the bridge. Like that, just that word yeah. should be the bridge in that too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would also, if we do a best bridge, uh, I'll, I'll bring that one in. Please we'll just, do. Let's we'll play that over and over. <laughs> no, but that Dan Reader song is fantastic. Um, explain a little bit more about what you heard uh, lyrically there. Um, what I heard lyrically as far as what I think the song's about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess what I really like about Dan Reader and songwriters, um, it, like him, like even Paul Simon lyrically, mm -hmm. like there's less ambiguity and there's more actual description. Like, so when Dan Reeder, this dude, jumps into this two-minute piano ballad uh, with just an A-B-A-B type of equation arrangement to it, you know, he doesn't waste any time. Nightclub parking lot south of L.A. Yeah. End of a long night at the end of a long day. Yeah, that's so descriptive. Yeah, I love that. and then, like, when he jumps in on that fourth line on that verse... Uh, you've had that shitty look on your face yeah. all day. Like that's when you know when you see the title of the song "Stay Down, Man," and then you hear a line like, "You've had you that shitty look on your face all day." It's like, oh, th it, things are about to get heavy in this yeah. tune, which is funny because it's not the heaviest tune. What's the What's the the last line in that chorus? Um, um, I swear to God, I'll leave you here to die if you say one more word to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is That's great. great. That's great. I love that. It's observational. Yeah. You know, it's observational songwriting, which I know you and I do as well. But I think, like, with what we really are obsessed with as far as our tastes are concerned, uh, which are highly eclectic and oscillating, mm. um, you and I are probably more ambiguous than we are incredibly descri descriptive yeah. most of I, the time. I have a hard time writing direct narrative. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to leave it vague. Because vague is more of our sonic scape as well. Like with something like that, with this tune that we just heard, piano. Mm, you know, it's just yeah, a piano beautiful. doing like you're a slow, ragtimey kind yeah. of ballady thing. Um, but with you and I, obviously, more volume is mostly inclined to happen, um, which also yeah. makes lyric uh, lyricisms to be a little bit more comfortable being ambiguous because of the nature of the yeah. tune itself. And also it depends, you know, song by song basis where you start when you write a song, you know, like th that artist, Dan Reed, sounds like maybe he comes from a place of lyrics first. Yeah, absolutely. Which, uh, is a little bit rare for me. Totally. Uh, I love it when it's like that, but it's, it's usually not. 
lyrics are a lot of times last for I think a lot of bands. Or, well, let's jump into that real quick because I love your music. I mean, throughout the bands that I've Thank heard you. you, I mean, obviously I'm blowing smoke up your ass right now just I love because it. we're hot on the mic. Yeah, um, hate everything you've ever done. <laughs> um, but let's talk about where you come from as a songwriter because I'm okay. curious about this. Um, you just said lyrics first is usually not the thing. Well, I mean, depends on my, on my own stuff. I, I would say so. I, I, I definitely want to come from more lyrical spots, especially in the most recent project I'm playing in giant waste of man. Um, it's me and Benjamin Haywood, mm-hmm. uh, as the core songwriters of the group. Um, it's basically like, I don't want to say emo, <laughs> It's emo-ish. It's emo-ish. Yeah. Uh, but more 90s inspired, like before everybody was calling it emo. You of know, course. it's... it's Like it's early emo. Alternative like rock. Texas is the reason, and it, like early Modest Mouse. Yes, you love yeah. that. Yeah, like yeah. Um, even bands like The Weaker Thans. Of course. You know, stuff yeah. like that. It was all like inspires us. Even our first album was titled after a Weaker Thans line. Pre-Taking Back Sunday. Oh, yeah. Tell God, all no. your friends ruined a lot of things for yeah. a lot of people. Still a great record. I love that record. Also, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a bit confused. Actually, uh, <laughs> I was going to start ranting about how I, I don't understand how excited people are about this My Chemical Romance We can get reunion. to that. We can definitely get to that. I don't I understand. To, I have plenty to say about that, too. It's probably just because we're old, dude. Yeah, God, it is that, let's, isn't it? Let's tell the listeners how old we are. How old are you, Ken? 34. I'm 32. Okay. So we're old as shit. We're, we're very old. close to death. Right. And we don't really At understand. At least musician death. Yeah, musician. I mean, we've already died. Yeah, let's we, go ahead and agree on that. Yeah, we died at yeah. around 25, yeah. 26. We've been in purgatory ever since. Yeah. And that's why we become more post-punky as the years go on. Right. Because that's what purgatory is. It's not the worst place it's in the world. It's all post-punk. No, <laughs> dude, I love it. Post-punk purgatory, baby. I love it. post uh, so back to it, less lyrical. But where do, what do you start with, dude? Like, dude, and uh, even w- would you say here? Let me ask you this: Would you say that you start with a chord progression on an acoustic guitar more, or here in the space with an effects pedal running, or like some type of riff? Or yeah, I ambience? mean that's all. You know, that's what I like about playing in a ver- variety of projects is always changing. Like when in facial, uh, Jay, me, and Sam wrote everything live in the room. Just, just thrash on a riff for a while, see where it goes. And you could tell, you could tell that line. And and it was great. It was really cool. I mean, it was a, it was a different way. And like some bands have done like that, but this one, me and Ben bring in our songs, and we worked on it. The two of us, like if he brings in a song, I'll work on it on the drum part while he's showing it, and we work on that. Or if I bring, or yeah, or he'll be on the drums if I bring in a song. And then when we kind of have it, we bring in Brandon and Heather, which is piece the drum and bass player, and they all figure out, you know, not directly all of our parts. They add their own flair to it because they're great songwriters as well. And then, you know, but right now we're, we're writing an album, so we're not focusing on how we're going to play it live at all. So it opens up a lot of possibilities, especially because I have more of a studio now. I mean, I'm starting some songs on like a synthesizer, you yeah. know? And like seeing where. So you're branching out a little bit. Yeah, I'm just trying to do all sorts of different things. So it's all over the place right now. Yeah. What about you though? Like, you you start with like sit down. I usually actually start with lyrics. Yeah. Um, I'll write something, or something will occur to me, an epiphany or a revelation, and um, that'll be stuck in my head for a little bit. I'm not so melodic uh, because I'm not the best vocalist. So when I'm writing songs myself, everything's rather monotonic. 
I do um, like that we both have very, very bass-driven vocals, though. Definitely. I actually do think you're quite a good vocalist. I think oh, you're not giving yourself thanks. enough credit. Well, I will never do that um, because <laughs> look at where we are in our lives, <laughs> But no, it's, it's weird in that regard because I've... Um, as you know, I've played bass in a, you know, yeah. a few different groups for the past like seven or eight years. And over the past year is when I've started my own group, Cowgirls. Yep. And that's been my first uh, experiment into writing my own songs. So because I'm not the greatest guitar player and or lyricist or uh, vocalist, as far as I'm concerned, uh, lyricisms really take the cake for me. That's great. Um, and then I'll build everything around that, right. which is why the forthcoming tunes sound really spastic and kind of schizophrenic because they were written as stories. They were right. written as poems, yeah. um, short poems, little vignettes that the music was built around. And I don't want to do that for the rest of my career. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to start with a progression. I want to start with a synth, as you were saying. Like, you know, I want to start with, um, you know, sweeping a broom and like, oh my God, I should field record that and put that <laughs> into a song. Uh, you know, I want to do everything. It's like, as time progresses, it's just playing to your limitations on that. And I feel like my, where I'm best maximized is writing lyrics yeah. first, poems, and then seeing where they fit. I love that. I just don't feel like enough people are focused on that part anymore. No, and I think, I think you're absolutely right about that. I mean, dude, um, we were talking about the porches thing, the do you want to dance? Mm -hmm. Like, those lines are fucking dangerous. Yeah. Because pop music, especially pop country, pop electro, like all of these things are in the pop sphere, taking over everything. And the people who are writing these songs, usually not for the people performing them, are kind of removed from the the performing process. Yeah. So they'll write things like never going home again. <laughs> How many times have you heard never going home again? Or everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Do you want to dance? Um, uh, where, you know, where have you been all my life? Like picture yeah. all of the romantic cliches compounded into one 30 minute relationship. And that's what pop music yeah. is. Um, and that's why I'm obsessed with cats. Like, this Dan Reader dude, you know, yeah. the song that we just heard, just because it feels fucking fresh. Yeah. And, and the Do You Want to so Dance, like, feel, from Porches feels fresh. Like, it's really important to to take something and spin it into something. Just weird. so listeners know, too, we're going yeah. to try to uh, bring in more local music, but, I don't, you know, we're not going to bring in anything if we're not into it. True. So. That's very true. Local bands release good stuff. We'll bring in friends that play music yeah. that we're not into only to be able to dig into them in front of a hot mic and yeah. rip their beating heart out of their Absolutely. chest so they can see themselves die. I love it. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I wonder who's going to be that first guest. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, let's talk about our first guest for a second. Yeah. She uh, she might not be coming in right this second. But yeah, we're going to have her in a little later on the show. Yeah. Uh, what's her name, Cam? Britt. Britt Witt. Britt Witt. Oh, yeah. And she's had a decorated history in the Los Angeles music scene. Yeah, really looking forward. She's great. I mean, she's always been great to Eastside bands. and One know. of the greatest contributors and cheerleaders of Absolutely. our friends and bands alike. Dude. Yeah. So it's, we can't wait to talk to her. Yeah, see what she has to say about 2020 and as how far as the state of the music yeah, industry. And at least oh. locally. Yeah. To be interesting. It's going to be depressing. Yeah, probably. But, you know, 
When ha- it hasn't not been depressing for years because we're is, old. It has been really depressing for a long time. Um, I was showering before I came here today thinking that's about good. how depressing it was. Yeah. You can't see your tears in the shower. Oh, wow. That's which great is news. Nice. Wow, dude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work that into a song, man. That's the next <laughs> There you go. We're there starting. There you go. On the show writing lyrics, right? <laughs> Poetry, baby. Uh, you want to get into these lists? Yeah, let's let's start this list. List section. time. Listomania. <laughs> All right, yeah. so this is your side A list. Yeah. Jump into it. Talk uh, about why you picked this. Um, I went with track eight. Track eight, like the eighth track of an album, the best ones that you'll find. And I learned a lot. Looking into this. Me too. I, I, learned I can't a lot. wait to discuss um, a few things. I learned that it's not important anymore. <laughs> not and that's at all. Bu- not if at you all. even make it to a track. Yeah, eight. which you rarely do. And even if you do, it's just a throwaway track now. Uh, Some, I mean, a lot of people are only putting six or seven tracks even yeah. on a record these days. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what, I, looking into it, I just looked through all these albums I loved in the 70s and the 90s especially. I mean, track eight was a big deal. Track eight was a big deal in the 90s. Because uh, sure. usually you were working with a 12 or more album, right. and you needed something that's not the start of side B, but something that is a big banger to lifts get you through up. the album. Yeah, yep. lift, like lifts the, the album towards the end. But right. people aren't album-minded anymore. No, not know? at all. And that's Spotify the singles, thing. Yeah. single, single, single. There, there's maybe an eighth single. Totally. <laughs> the eighth track is, is Salvation, though. You know what I mean? So like you've got track one, especially for album-minded people, and definitely in the 90s, as you were just saying, mm-hmm. track one is your mission statement, right? Yeah. Track three is your single, yeah, no matter three. what. And Track then, two, but I, I also think the mission statement can be track two if can, you want to do an intro. For sure. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, go on. Um, and then you have a brick of five tunes between three and eight that can kind of be throwaway tunes, maybe one more single in there. You can do all sorts of stuff. You yeah. can do whatever you want. But then when track eight hits, because you're invested in this record, and you've probably had a throwaway track at like track four, track six, just to keep the thing going, maybe a little bit of filler, maybe something interesting enough to keep mm-hmm. people there. But then when track hits, it's almost like opening up into a meadow. Yeah. Like this is another part of the band. This is another part of the record. This is another part of the statement that we're yeah. trying to make. It's the, the third big statement. It's a third album. big statement. Absolutely. Uh, First and, and or second. What, third I, what I found eight. interesting is the people that, the albums that did care about how they went about caring about that. Um, you know, because it was either it's the big late album banger yeah. or it's the long moody Absolutely. Late centerpiece. The centerpiece, yes. The quote-unquote centerpiece, which you'll see kicked around like a fucking hacky sack at NAU on Pitchfork. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like the centerpiece, the centerfold of this record. Um, They always do highlight a centerpiece. Always. I I rarely agree. No, I rarely agree, too. And usually it's like, it's usually track five to track eight that they call that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, like, they always say key track, and it's like kind of like... um, an under like an underrated track and you're like right. oh fuck you guys the key track is that single exactly <laughs> that's the only one people are listening to anyway i respect them trying to you know kind of do what we keep talk the about album the... alive right this and is this list is really about keeping the album yeah. alive it feels like so i'm just gonna i'm gonna cruise through some examples it looks like your list is a hell of a lot longer than mine well and... i'm gonna cruise through some examples then i'm gonna say my personal like faves okay cool but Let's um, 60s 70s that era. Oh, you got them was... separated by decades? Just it's not Jesus gonna be that long. Damn fucking thank God I'm just your Because co-host. Abbey Road. Okay. This time tomorrow, the Kinks. Okay. Lola versus Absolutely. Power Man. Yeah. 
Um, and then from some Zeppelins, Moby Dick and When the Levee Breaks. Which when the I Levee found, Breaks was a track eight? It's the last track. And I also find it interesting when track eight is the last track. Because that they treat that very similar. Yes, it's I'm just so glad you out. brought this up. Um, first of all, can't believe that. I'm not a huge Zeppelin guy. Like, Me obviously, I love Zeppelin, but I don't sit down and like devote my time to Zeppelin yeah. because I'm usually not like bench pressing in my garage <laughs> um, in the suburbs. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> funny that when the levee so breaks, you're tag on the what a, what a geographical great. location to that. <laughs> What a great fucking song. Oh, yeah. Right? What but just... I, what I noticed, Moby Dick and Levy Breaks being Zepp songs, it seems like track eight is Bonham's song. Yeah, absolutely. You You're know? right about that. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, track eight last tracks that end up becoming some of the best of yeah. the material. I don't know if you know this, but David Bowie, 1975. Yeah. Young American. Young American. Track eight. No. Last track. Okay. Fame. Oh, fame is the fame last. Okay. is track eight. Last track Ooh. of Young Americans. No, on that note, did you see that movie, uh, The House That Jack Built? No, I didn't. But I want you to tell me why you're asking me this question. It's Lars Ventures, maybe last movie or something. I don't know, but it was super pretentious and ridiculous. Of it, was. it was Matt it was Dillon as a serial killer. Okay. And he killed so many people in this movie, and it was horrific. The whole thing was impossible to it's, watch. It's a Von Trier dude, of course. Yeah, yeah, but the only song in it is fame. Really? Every, like every... Like over and over again? Oh, yeah, every like <laughs> thing that happens, like when they do it like across to the next oh scene, it's just fame again. And it start, you start to go crazy. You're like, the song is making me want to kill someone. Well, that's funny because... <laughs> Great song, though. Yeah, incredible song. And we can jump into a little bit of history. You're talking about this Trier film and how the song made you want to kill someone. John Lennon wrote that song with Bowie. And uh, it was originally AIM. Oh, interesting. It was supposed to be either an anti or pro-war it, in a farcical sense. Wow, um, that's that's better. It aim, <sighs> and I think once they realized, like you know, how it was sounding kind of disco-y and uh, you know pre-cocainey, um, they changed it to fame. That's probably a good call. But weird that you got the thing like this makes me want to fucking. Kill well, they probably, he probably the director probably knew that, and there was probably a reasoning yeah. to it. Yeah, AIM would have been cool. AIM would have been super cool. But let's in the, let's hear in the 80s, it gets a little weirder. Of and course another, it does. <laughs> another total uh, end of the album, Careless Whisper. Wham. Wow. That's a big track. That's a right track there. eight ender? That's, yeah. Careless Whisper. Uh, Dead Kennedy's California Uber Alice. Okay. Um, the Cars Moving in Stereo. So which is the hot. fast time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Strip it's so scene. good. Uh, and then MJ's track eights are. Total bangers. Um, pretty young thing. Yeah. Wow, that was PYT was a track eight. Yeah, on Thriller. Uh, I Just Can't Stop Loving You on wow. Bad. And Black and White on Dangerous. So let's jump into that too. Like you and I are album people. Yeah. We listen to albums much more so than we listen to singles. That's where track eight gets weird for you and I versus maybe, I don't want to say this as an umbrella statement, but maybe the average music listener, mm. quote unquote, who has a, a lot of it as background noise. Right. Like, if there's anyone listening to this who is that type of music listener, they're going to have no fucking idea what we're nerding out about or <laughs> why this is so important. But you and I will always think track eight is a banger off of an album that we really love. Yeah. Like no matter what. Yeah, you know, totally. because we love the fucking record. That's true. You know, it, it's, and maybe, it's, but these these are the ones that I found are like, 
pretty much everybody knows these songs. Right. You know, yeah. I would think. So it's interesting that a lot of people ended up doing the Ender. Careless Whisper had no idea. But yeah, that's um, a, a huge one. I found one, interestingly enough, on that kind of uh, that topic. I found a title track as an as, as a track eight. and an Ender. Not an ender. Okay. That would be cool. What's the title it, track? Title track is "The Man Who Sold the World." Off no, of Bowie's "The Man okay. Who Sold the World." Um, I like I like track eight as a title track. That's good. I you like really, that too. That's you really cool. wait for it. I think that's rare. It's almost like putting your, you know, your I don't biography. Know if I found one of those. I don't think I did. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. This is to my have favorite there. oddball. Track eight Give is uh, Christopher Cross sailing. Wow, which that is was my a favorite. Track eight that should have been a track one. Two, I know three, it was the four, biggest five. single of all yacht rock history. <laughs> yeah, right. But it was track eight for some reason. Huh. Out of like ten, that could have been one of those stories where it was like they were looking for a single to hit, and they, they probably had, tried the one with they, Michael McDonald ride like the wind first. Sorry, I know way too much about Christopher. That's, Cross. that's huge yacht rock yeah. guy right here. Yeah, I know. Since the podcast has ended in two thousand five to now. Not only have I gotten become old, a yacht rock guy. I've become a yacht rock. That's guy. what happens when you get old. I love it. You start shitting yourself and you listen to yacht rock. <laughs> I mean, I did it ironically for like a summer, and yeah. then everybody started catching on. They're like, "This is an irony." You love this, right? And I'm like, "Shit, I do." It's like all I the people that we know in the scene who wear cowboy hats now, and the Instagram like, oh, cowboys. Well, that's what I call. One day, I one day I just put on this cowboy hat, and and then like. People started taking it seriously. It's like, no, you didn't, dude. You wear that because you feel good in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just admit it. <laughs> it feels um, better. And, and I want to talk about something real quick, and then we'll keep this list going. Okay. The, the title track is track eight. Mm-hmm. Super hot, right? But you know what's even hotter is the triple threat. Do you know what the triple threat is? The, Lay bad, on me. the bad company. We're bad company playing our song, Bad, bad company, company, off, the off album. of our record, Bad, bad Company. Is there even another example of that? We're going to maybe have to make that a list if we can yeah. compile if enough can bands to there, do There's that. definitely other examples. There's something, but yeah. to be Bad Company and be like, oh, Bad Company, you know, like go through that <laughs> it's almost on stage. Lazy. <laughs> it's fucking super lazy, but all it's the grand trying, dude. <laughs> oh, Bad Company is Bad, bad Company. Of, you can pick up a battle. Pick up an album. It's called Bad Company. <laughs> um, okay, let's keep the list uh, moving. 90s, huge one. Waterfalls. TLC Waterfalls track eight. That's proof that in the '90s it wasn't the single dominated world. Absolutely, Waterfalls is by far the biggest hit. But they could do that. They they released Creep track two. There you go. There you go. And then you get that track eight. Then you even double back into. I mean, that was just a great album. So that was a great album. Killing me softly with his song, Fuji's. Was it track eight off of the score? Yeah. No way. Crazy, right? Uh, And then a bunch of indie rock stuff because that's really where track eight shine. Satisfying parking lot in all the world, waiting for a Superman off Soft Bulletin. Wow. Cause equals time, broken social God scene. damn it, Cam, that was one of my oh. list options. I'm sitting here with a meager looking list. Oh, I've got okay. this like cancer patient list over here, and you take one of mine. <laughs> I'm not going to take any more. Can okay. we talk about cause equals time for a yes. second, though? Because if if there are any broken social scene fans out there, you know exactly what we're talking about right off the bat. It's but a like, great example of what we're talking about with track A is cause equals time. dude, yeah. because you have... A lot of experimentation from tracks one to seven. Yeah. Wildly scattered across the board. You've got a beautiful acoustic ballad. You've got uh, you've got 
punk rippers. Yeah. You've got some ambient noise. You've got an instrumental. You've in got there. an instrumental. It's basically out rock. It, it is. Um, um, and then you have anthems for a 17-year-old girl. Right, which, which is, is a ballad, which is yeah. a, And an one of the strongest ballad. songs ever. Ever of their catalog. But then track eight hits, Cause Equals Time, yeah. which could have been a single. I don't know if that was like necessarily considered a single off yeah. of that record. But what's perfect about this track eight, as you said, and I know you're going to elaborate on this, is that... This track eight hits with drums and bass, and it starts with the groove, yeah. and it doesn't stop the entire time. No, the drums and, and bass. And that's what's really nice about way. track eight. When you get to a track like that, after mm -hmm. so much experimentation and like so many different things, so many different genres taken care of from tracks one to seven, you get that groove at track eight that just doesn't let up. Yeah, and that's what renews your interest in Absolutely. life and the, and record the record that you're listening. And then to. you don't even care if there's three more ballads after that. Doesn't you're, matter. You're, you're back in. Really doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so do you have like a top five, or do you have just a couple you want to go through? I have a top one. Okay. Well, then I'm going to go through my top five. Yeah, hit your top five because I'm, I imagine I'm, I'm, liking, I'm liking riffing on your shit. Track five, Continuous Thunder, Japan Droids. Wow. That's that's an, another example of an ender. Huge song for me. Love that song. Me and my wife actually walked uh, after we got married. That was our first song. That really? was our walk up. What did call Androids tune? Yeah. Uh, what do they call you walking out to a song? No, you walking af out of your wedding. A walk-off song, I, I guess. No, that can't, I think they call right. it the congratulations, your life is fucking over. Have fun spending the rest of your life with one person. So, right. Yeah, so Continuous right. Thunder is great, you know. <laughs> but I just think that's a perfect ending song, and it's a track eight, but... It doesn't. It. I just. I just had to include that song. Yeah, of course. But, uh, that was really it doesn't, sweet. It doesn't actually. Can you feel say? The can you say hi to your wife, Jessica, right now while we're on? Hi, hi Jessica. Hi, I Jessica. Love you. Thanks. Thanks for letting me hang out with your husband. He's great. <laughs> uh, number four, drain you. Whoa. Drain you, Nirvana. Never oh, mind. Right. Yeah. No. For I sure. Mean, that yeah, is a. That is a great track. But I feel like if we did any track numbers in a list, uh, a song from Nevermind is going to go. It's a perfect because album. Because. That was an album that you can listen to the whole thing. That but the Drain back, You is an example. For some reason, you, yeah. I mean, you just had Territorial Pissings as yeah. track seven. Oh, yeah. So you don't need a pick-me-up, no, exactly. No, you don't. No, you but don't. when Drain You and everything comes in, you're back in. You're just like, oh, man, let's do this. Because let's... it's kind of a pop song, too. Yeah, like it It's is. not as, quote-unquote, grungy, if you will, like as a lot of that record. Yeah, I'd the say progression it's like the, the melody, third or fourth more, most poppy for song. For sure. Progression and melody feel really optimistic like obviously it's not but right like it feels optimistic and that's always great with the track eight which and I'll, I'll name one of my track eights it's not my number one um but when we were first talking about this list when we were texting about it you said hey al let's do the track eights list and i immediately fired back without thinking about it just because i knew it was track eight already in my mind Change your mind by the killers off of Hot Fuss, <laughs> which you said Didn't you replied. Know you replied, "Hmm, this is going to be an interesting conversation." Which is hilarious because I don't even know. I was just joking about this with my with my wife and a lot of people. I don't even know side B of Hot Fuss. <laughs> side B of Hot Fuss. I don't know it. You of. Uh, of the record? Yeah. Yeah. You, no, you don't like, know any of the deeper tunes. Not really. No, I, I actually saw Ian Cohen, the writer for all sorts of stuff. His Twitter, once I saw, he posted a vinyl copy of Hot Fuzz for 50 bucks. And he said, he tweeted, I'll give you 25 for side A. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Side B of Hot Fuzz is great. 
let, I'm going to say one thing about this record yeah. really quickly. It is a great fucking record. Yeah, no. And I, no matter I, how I, you feel I about never, the killers, I never just, I just never got into the it. The thing is, is that that record came out in a very strange time. I believe that was 2001. Yeah, right, right. That was when Muse was getting really big. Right. And like Muse kind of sounded like everyone else. Like remember when you heard that song, my time is running out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, for the first time on the radio, I thought to myself, like, wow, Radiohead really fucking sold out on the single. So, like, <laughs> Muse was kind of sounding yeah, like Yeah, I mean, everyone. that was the popular thing. You're but like... then because of Muse's sounding like everyone, there were other people that you just immediately thought were Muse. Right. So when I heard somebody told me for the first time I on the radio... I thought was a horrible single for them so to lead with. So did I. Out of all the I great songs like on that record... But I remember hearing that. I'm like, wow, fucking Muse sucks. Why are they <laughs> going dancing with fault. it? Like, yeah. like, I thought it was like a Muse song. Like, such a, such a bad, you're right, such a bad single to, to lead with on that. Yeah, because I was of always all, confused by Dude, that. Mr. Brightside is one Mr. of the greatest. Brightside. You know, we're obviously like two white, white dudes cis, sitting here. Yeah, yeah cisgender like, male. Sitting, I think it is know, the white cisgender anthem. male anthem. Yeah, yeah. like it's, I, it's shameful. I want a tramp stamp yeah. that's <laughs> coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. I want that <laughs> tattooed on my lower back and or upper ass, right. depending on how you want to look I say you get the whole thing, it. just from neck just down. Just neck down? Yeah. I could probably squeeze yeah. that. I mean, you don't want to miss a lyric on that thing. No, you don't, dude. <laughs> but dude, that, there was times, though, emo times in, in my life where, like, you know, I just got my heart broken by a girl. Absolutely. And I have that song on and blaring and i'm like i understand yes every, every lyric, lyric dude yeah calling a cab Ugh. taking a drag like oh you know yeah okay let's move on so do you want to talk about that song change your mind by the killers track eight hot fuss just a beautiful nice little all right i'm gonna have to listen there. to that song yeah. when we're done here maybe we'll play it yeah, on these we'll episodes maybe we'll come back to this give me another uh, my number three never tear us apart in excess wow yeah i mean off of kit Kick? Off of kick, that yeah. was off of kick, yeah. yeah. Um, which great al- tune. already has that's a great example too because it already had the big For um sure. hit earlier on the album. The bam, 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 need you remember. tonight, need you tonight, need yeah. You, the stripper anthem yeah. of an entire decade, yeah, yeah. And then they come in later with Never Tear Us Apart, and it's just a whole different what a tune, yeah. dude. Good call. Um, number two, trailer trash. Wow, okay, so Lonesome Crowded West. I knew you were gonna go. I know what your number one pick is. Oh by yeah, the way. we both know. What this I know is. what it is, yeah. and I'm gonna say it before you say it because right. I want. I, I I'm not even actually looking at your list yep. right now. Um, I wanted to pick a modest mouse tune because obviously lonesome crowded rest. This is a long drive. Yeah, uh, everywhere and it's nasty. You know, like all mm-hmm. these records really influence me more than most in me my too. life. I'm from the Northwest, so you actually have to listen to those albums right. to graduate. I'm from Trailer Trash, <laughs> so I like listening to those records, you know, being from Tennessee. Being like, in LA, I'm going to tell you something that pisses yeah. me off. When people are like, oh, I don't want to listen, I don't want to listen to Modest Mouse, I don't want to be sad. I'm what like, is... when were they sad? And like, people are like, they're really sad, dude. And I'm like, no, you're just not in the country. Right, exactly. Or those people have only listened to good news for people who love bad news and like have flowed on as their ringtone and it is everything all, stuff before is that song geographical song. though. Like try it listening is, to fucking for sure. Juice World or Post Malone when you're driving through the woods. You know? No, it's yeah, not. it's not gonna happen. Try <laughs> listening to fucking Waylon Jennings on the beach. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't work. You have to be So in the I mean being from the Northwest and use the same situation Absolutely where we love Moss, it is weird hearing people, especially people that like started with float on. Yeah. You know? 
There's a lot of people that started with Float On that oh, yeah. probably wouldn't admit that to us because they'd know we'd take a hatchet and cut them <laughs> off at the cap, dude. Absolutely. Uh, I'll never forget hearing Float On for the first time. It was just like a bunch of my friends standing around in a circle just looking at each other being like, what? What happened? What is this? And I mean, we're, we're, like, we're like, we're in high school. We're not critics. Right. Yet. You know, we're just Oh, still... yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah. a critic in high school. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for a while, I didn't like anything that didn't have the drum You and I have beat. always been critics, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. Born and raised. Born and raised, baby. <laughs> okay, so number one, you want to tell me what my number one is? Idiot Tech Kid yep. A. Yep. Yeah, I cannot know. believe. I'm going to give myself a round of applause <laughs> Well done. Here, dude. Because... I mean, of course, that's the whole thing that kicks off the idea of, of this list. I mean, that is the pinnacle track eight for a zillion reasons and look i put it on my list too i know you how would. i knew when i wrote this on my list last night i knew it was gonna be your number yeah. one i mean how could it not i mean so the whole album is just kind of like building yeah building to time. this moment and yes. like you know i mean the national anthem is the only one i can really think of that even has like a up-tempo right. groove to it i mean you get Everything you got, Kid A. You got optimistic. You got optimistic, bit but the, even the way they recorded yeah, that song right. has this like cloud to it, this haze. Yeah, yeah, it's like of, it's it relaxes. A lot of slow tom yeah. work. Yeah, and then when Idiotech hits, you're just like, holy what the shit! Fuck? Like yeah. without it, Kid A might be a totally confusing Com- mess or a completely different album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Completely and different. like, but with it, you're just after that, you take that Morning Bell and Motion Picture soundtrack right oh out, God. and you just you're just all bliss, baby. <sighs> This is the, uh, That's a good number one. The first time I saw Radiohead, it was, it was pretty nuts because they started it and shit went wrong. And Tom had the, you know, he, was, he went backstage to the monitor guy and he was just like, cut it. And they cut it. Like How a, many seconds a, into the tune? Like a minute. Wow. And they're like, sorry, we're starting over. We're not going to play that one wrong. And that's like, incredible. I was like, it was that, a little jarring because I'm like, Radiohead messed up. But that's okay. but at the same time, I'm it like, wasn't Radiohead that messed up. It was Crew that messed up. Definitely, you know I what mean, I mean. Who knows what it involves to even but trigger dude, that, that song? That takes some fucking brass balls to yeah, stop yeah. a song in front of how many thousands yeah. of people? And just be like, no, we're not. We're not. People but are not going to get the wrong song, experience of yes, Radiotech. That song means so much to so many people yeah. including the band i can only imagine yeah. like i i haven't dug into the dirty sheets of like how they feel about the tune but that's such it dude it's it's it, it is the anthem of that record absolutely at, at track eight and i think track eight is actually something that radiohead themselves mm-hmm. thought about a lot when they've i mean you know track eight track eight off of the bins my, my iron, iron lung. lung and eight off uh okay computers electioneering oh i believe my god electioneering what a tune yeah they're, they're, they have the same mode of like like waking you the fuck up you're like it's time to get through this album right <laughs> yeah because some of it can be i don't it's obviously people will call radiohead sleepy if they're yeah. fucking idiots yeah you know what i mean and, and i mean I've i get it kid a unless you're paying attention can be construed as a sleepier album sure but that's if you listen to pablo honey right like yeah. a lot you know what I mean? Which I don't think even big fans of Radiohead listen to Pablo. No, I, no I was just thinking that. I'm like, who's the guy who's like, when you're like, favorite radio, they, without Pablo, hesitation, Pablo. Pablo, bro. I'm a Pablo I'm guy. I'm a Pablo guy, 100%. yeah. yeah. Love, Th- Thinking about out. you, one of my favorite fucking <laughs> tunes, bro. I can't stop anyone, whispering. Anyone can play guitar, dude. I do love, love that song. That is a great That's song. That's such a good song. We're going to have a lot of... For whoever's listening and whoever's going to eventually come back, which is probably very few of you, uh, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of discussions about Radiohead on this podcast. Yeah, it, it'll 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 be uh, some of it's going to get nasty. We should. I'd just, like to keep it civil. We today, should call this. Yeah, we can because 
you know we're going to get into a fight about Radiohead record yeah. ratings. Yeah. Um, we should just call... Mind. Oh, dude. We should have a Radiohead segment and call it Camnesiac. <laughs> no, see, because that already leads with my name and your favorite, which is not yeah, my that's, favorite. That's what I was trying to do. You see what I did there? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay, let's... All right, now, hold on. I've got a... I've got a couple more track eights that might blow okay. your mind. Kid Al. <laughs> I like that. Camnesiac <laughs> and Kid Al. It's, dude, it's an A-side, B-side thing anyways. Oh, I love it. God, when right, things well, work give out. Give me a couple more, and we'll move on. Okay, so greatest track eight of the ass rock genre. Oh, I love it. And when I say ass rock, I mean like Kiss. No, I got uh, it. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So 1976... Thin Lizzy oh, no. off of the record Jailbreak uh-huh. Cowboy Song. Oh, Have you ever listened to man. Cowboy Song? You know it's good, oh, dude. That's one of my dad's favorites. I know, oh, yeah. right? Oh, big time. Like, if I was an amateur male stripper, I would dance to Cowboy oh, Song. Oh, yeah, you get that whole intro build up. Exactly. exactly it's yeah. a tale, dude. It is a tale. And as old as time. As old as time, <laughs> yes. It handed down from ass rock generation to ass I rock I can't believe generation. I missed that one. That is damn yeah, fine. You fucked up on that yeah. one. Um, also, this isn't necessarily ass rock, but rednecks and ass rock are pretty synonymous with each other sometimes. Mm -hmm. So let's get in to maybe the most noticeable track eight of all time. Okay. I wonder how I should break this news to you because <laughs> it's kind of big news. Okay. 1973. Uh -huh. When you're playing a show... And here, this is the clue. I'm going to give you the clue because okay. I want you to guess yeah. this. When you're playing a show and there's, let's, let's say you're in St. Louis yep. and there's like 15 people in the audience. Right. And you're a new band and you're just touring and the audience doesn't really like you all that much and there's a bunch of dead silence in between tunes. What's the number one thing that you would guess someone would shout from the audience? Well, Freebird. Boom, baby. <laughs> Track eight. Is that an ender? No, it's, oh, it's not, not an ender. Dude, that was, they had like 16 more songs after okay. track eight on pronounced <laughs> Leonard Skinner, which was their, uh, their, uh, their debut record. But Freebird... Freebird's on their debut. Yeah. Wow. Dude, so it's like, give me three steps. and I mean, dude, that uh, Tuesday's Gone... Tuesday's Gone's on the first one? on pronounced Leonard Skinner. I love that, that song. Dude, Every time I hear that song, I think my own movie's ending. Uh, because of Happy Gilmore. Oh, that's the That's one. why you think that, because there was a prominent feature in Happy Gilmore. God, what a good movie. Which makes Happy Gilmore that much better. I mean, it doesn't need any help. It really does. It's Uncut Gems good. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm are not we, done are over we through? here. No, oh, no, 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 no. You got more. We're going to talk about Neutral Milk Hotel for a second. Oh, because, I see. This was on mine, and I yeah, took it okay, off. Okay, so I track eight it. off of In, In the Aeroplane Over the Sea, O'Cumley. Which should lead into another list that you and I have discussed, right. which is the top five Neutral Milk Hotel songs about semen. Right. We're going to have that list. We're going to have that list. It I feel like we're going to argue. Might, we're going to argue <laughs> about what the greatest song about. We might even have like sound effects just to like, you know, have a perceived masturbation going on in the background. Maybe we can put that on the sampler pad. I mean, Jeff would... Jeff, that would, that's the way he would want. Oh, dude, I don't use Magnum condoms. <laughs> I use Mangum condoms, baby. <laughs> I, are, do, are nerds going to listen to this podcast? Because we're making some like really oh, meta jokes here. What is a Magnum condom made out of? Is it like out of semen? <laughs> it's the Neutral Milk Hotel's limited edition <laughs> semen condom. <laughs> It's more protective um, than latex. So, O Comely, I feel like, is another great example of a track eight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I glossed you, over it because I thought you might say something about you, it. Because you know how much I love semen. Right. Um, <laughs> 
not only is the song about semen, which it may, maybe is or isn't, it's probably about a lot of things, but there's a like lot of, a lot there's of a lot of like experimental rocking that happens in the beginning yeah. of that record. There's a couple of acoustic ballads. There's a song that says, Jesus Christ, I love you, like is the intro to it. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. lot of weird shit is happening. And then you get to O'Cumley, acoustic vocal ballad about something that oh. you can't quite understand, yeah. I'm sure. And that breaks up the record in a very strange way. Yeah, you know, it does. It, um, and it almost does the other thing we were talking about. Instead of the banger, that long center, late centerpiece, yeah. um, you know, lyrical journey. Right. Because really, the next it's Ghost is right after that. Ghost right? is right. Yeah, after and that's that. kind of like the, yes. the bring that it back up. That picks you right the fuck back up. Yeah. Yeah. But O'Connell is an incredible song. It is I mean, an incredible song. Especially if you're doing Mushrooms for the first time Dude. and you're in the college years of your life. It's Dylan in a psych ward. Yeah, you absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 100%. it's got multiple verses that are seemingly never ending. Yeah, there's um, never really a chorus, but there's definitely different parts. Different parts. Yeah. Different parts of the story, but in that ambiguous like Dylan-esque kind of way. Yeah. Like, I saw the man with the head and yeah. he grabbed his baseball And his voice, his voice in that song is always just about to fall off pitch enough that right. you can't listen to it. Yeah. But it never quite does. It's always... Almost like a harmonica too loud in the mix. Right. You yeah. know, like when you listen to some old like Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen, oh, he right. blows into that harp and you're like, oh, I'm making <laughs> Um, that's how that's how his voice gets yeah. in the new a lot of neutral milk hotel yeah, stuff. Yeah. But good example of a track eight. Let's see what else I have here. I have Cactus by Pixies off of Surfer Rosa. Okay. Maybe my favorite Pixie song. Really? Is track eight. Yeah. Okay. Dude, absolutely. Um, favorite. The the lyrics in that tune. Uh, uh, what is it? Are uh, you one of those guys that gets down with Pixies lyrics? Because I'm always oh, just like, yeah. this is just jargon. This is uh, just what is random like? words. It's uh, a word generator. Dude, uh, I don't know, probably something about a monster your hands or a bear. on a cactus tree, wipe it on your dress and send it to me. Okay, well, that's pretty good. That's a like fucking it. hot <laughs> lyric, dude. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's Frank Black, obviously, is like... Whatever he wants to be called. Whatever, yeah, whatever he wants to do, because that's what he won in life. Um, but yeah, a lot of lyrics don't make sense. Now, have you kept up on them as a band? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. No, no, what, no. Because like, I remember I really respected when they came back for the initial run, they, they tried to record the new album. That was cool. And they threw it away. And they, oh, were like, really? they were like, it seems too fakey. And I'm like, I respect the shit out of that. That's cool. Do your reunion shows, make your money. Right. But if the magic isn't there, don't force it. And now they're forcing it. Now they're definitely forcing it. And no, I'm just going to keep listening to Doolittle and Surfer Rosa until I die. And I love, that's the critic uh, in me. I, I, I like Bossa Nova. Bossanova's like, dude, Valoria, are oh. you kidding me? Is she weird? Dude, Love that is song. she weird is great. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, number one, we should end this segment because we've been talking for like 53 minutes. It's been a day. Okay, number one for me, mm -hmm. 1979, right before things really started to get weird in music, The Clash, London Calling, Lost in the Supermarket. Oh, okay. How incredible oh, man, that's of a, a track song. eight is that? Oh, that's London Collins track eight. Yeah. Okay. okay. And right after that, track nine is Clampdown, which is like an song. insane classic. But they put a punk band from the UK mm -hmm. put a soft, 
disco ballad about identity crisis. I don't as even think that's the weirdest example on that, though. Train in Vain no, is that tra- album. Train in, yeah, yeah, absolutely, that's, which is super weird as an album closer. Yeah. But like track eight, so trying to after a bunch of like, I mean, Strummer was obviously a fucking genius. He could have right. done, he could shit into a pot <laughs> and like put distortion on it. And I would listen to it. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was such a great track eight. Yeah, that's a great like, song. It's a beautiful, beautiful track. All right. Wait, what was your number one again? Idiotech. Idiotech, that's right. Lost Big in the time. supermarket. So you heard it here first on the Goat Parade podcast. Number one track eights. Go out and listen to them. Tip your yeah. bartender. Let's uh, go talk to Britt. Yeah, should we jump into this interview yeah. real quick? Yeah, see what she's got to say about the, the scene and beyond. I like it. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Britt Witt of Los Angeles, California. <laughs> 